0: Hello, and welcome to The Breathwork Club, a podcast to help you connect with your breathing. My name is Brian Malone, and thank you very much for joining. If you're a new listener, or you are new to the practice of breathwork, I would recommend going back to listen to some of the earlier episodes of the podcast which cover some of the foundational concepts and techniques of the practice. If you have listened before, welcome back. In this episode, we are going to look at a yogic breathing technique that is known as Kapalabhati. This is a technique that many of you who practice yoga might be familiar with as it is commonly taught in modern vinyasa classes. In the Hatha Yoga tradition, this technique is considered a Kriya more so than a breathing technique. Kriyas are exercises that are meant to cleanse or purify the body in order to create a physical and energetic balance. The name Kabbalabhati translates as skull shining breath and this practice is thought to clear the sinuses and airways while also stimulating the digestive organs. But because this practice is performed by changing our breathing pattern, it often gets considered a breathing technique and it can have a beneficial impact on our respiratory system. The practice of Kabbalah reverses our most common breathing pattern. Generally, when we breathe, our inhalations are a little bit more active and our exhalations are a bit more passive. In Kabbalah we make our exhalations active or forced and the inhalations are passive. In Bhakti, we exhale by consciously engaging the abdominal core muscles, as if pushing our breath out. Our core muscles are intimately connected to our breathing, particularly when we place a bit more intention on the exhales. You can get a feel for this by placing a hand on your belly and coughing what you will feel is the abdomen drawing inwards. A cough is essentially a forced exhale. So while in Kabbalah Bhatti we exhale through the nose, it is the same engaging and drawing in of the abdomen so that the exhale is kind of an active sniff, like clearing your nose. <laughs> this active engaging of the abdomen can help strengthen our core muscles and it can also have a positive effect on moving lymph and increasing circulation in the abdomen, which can help to detoxify the body. Our inhales are then passive, meaning without conscious effort. It's like after the active exhale, we just let the inhale happen. We should hear the sound of the active exhale. But the inhale should be quiet, gentle and small. So a few rounds of Kabalabati might sound something like this. This can take a bit of practice. And often Kabalabati is taught with an emphasis on the technique being performed quickly. I prefer to approach it slowly at first focusing on finding the right technique and then if it is comfortable we can start to increase the speed. When I first started practicing Kabbalah Bhakti I found that going quick caused me to pull my abdomen in on the inhale and out on the exhale, which is the opposite of what we want. So sometimes slowing it down to understand the technique is a good place to start. Either way Kabbalah bati does quicken our breathing, making it a controlled form of hyperventilation. Slow breathing is often considered anything around 6 breaths per minute, but with Kabbalah bati, each breath might only last a second or so. Hyperventilation is generally not a good thing. It is very taxing for the body and usually puts us into a state of stress. But short periods of controlled hyperventilation can be beneficial, and a useful way to think of this is through the concept of the Gunas from yoga. The concept of the Gunas would need a podcast in itself to fully explain, but I'll try to give a brief overview. The Gunas are three qualities that interact to make up all experience. There are three Gunas, Tamas, Rajas, and Sattva, each with its own attributes. Tamas is the quality of grounding or stability. Tamas slows us down, helping us to rest and recover and is often related to the parasympathetic nervous system. It is also the quality of having. Too much tamas, however, can lead to stagnation, lethargy, and laziness. Rajas is the quality of action and activity. It is the energy that motivates us to get moving towards accomplishing things, and it is sometimes linked to our sympathetic nervous system. It is the quality of doing, so a pretty important thing. Too much rajas can lead to us feeling restless, anxious, and never being able to rest and relax. Sattva is the quality of balance and harmony, creates a sense of peace and tranquility which gives rise to higher states of consciousness and feelings of love, joy and compassion. It is often thought of as the quality of being, and it helps to balance and guide the other two gunas. We can see the presence of the gunas in our own lives. Sometimes you feel calm, sometimes lazy, sometimes energized, sometimes restless. Sometimes you even experience moments of clarity and peace. And we can use certain practices to help us cultivate these qualities too. Kapalabhati can be thought of as a practice to cultivate or stimulate the qualities of rajas. Often when we slow our breathing down, it helps to calm us. But when we quicken our breathing up, it can energize us. It can help us cultivate more of the energy that activates us. So when we're feeling a little low on motivation, this can be a useful technique to turn to. I feel that we live in a world with a lot of Rajas energy, so I tend to focus on breathing techniques that help us to relax and down-regulate to provide some balance. But techniques that do the opposite are important too, and this can be a nice technique to explore at the start of a busy day or maybe before some physical exercise like a dynamic vinyasa yoga practice. How long you practice this technique for may vary. Some people like to practice it for up to 20 minutes at a time, or you can practice it in shorter rounds. I'm going to guide you through a short practice of Kabbalah Bhakti, where we will practice three rounds of roughly 30 seconds with a little break in between each round. As we breathe a little faster during Kabbalah Bhakti, I like to use the time in between rounds to breathe a little slower just to balance things out a little bit. You might even explore some small pauses at the end of the inhales and exhales. I'll encourage you to take the first round or two a little slower, focusing on technique, but if you then feel comfortable going a little quicker for the last round, feel free. Now, as this technique involves this active engaging of the abdomen, it would be best to avoid, if you are currently pregnant, or maybe suffering with any issues around the abdomen. So for this practice, I'm going to recommend that you find a comfortable seated position, whether that's on the floor, maybe with a cushion underneath the bum, or in a chair if that feels more comfortable for you. Allow yourself to sit up tall, In particular, trying to slightly lengthen the sides of the waist. But also allow the shoulders, the neck, the jaw to soften a little downwards too. Please feel free to invite any little movements into the body just to help you settle in. You might allow your eyes to close If you'd prefer to keep them open, that is completely okay too. And when you're ready, start to bring your attention to the sensation of breath traveling through the nose. These first few moments, not feeling any need to change or control, just noticing how your breath is for you at this moment in time. If it is comfortable, you might take your hands just to rest towards your belly button. Maybe beginning now to consciously direct your breath that little lower into the abdomen. As you breathe in, allow the belly just to gently expand. As you exhale, letting it naturally draw in. If it's useful to prepare for a Kabbalah Bhakti, you might just encourage a little cough here just feeling that slightly more active engaging of the abdomen as you do so. Which again is gonna be the same action we will use to forcibly exhale during kabalabhati. So when you're ready, we're gonna take about 30 seconds of our kabalabhati. So beginning to forcibly exhale, drawing the abdomen in. As best you can, letting the inhales just naturally happen. Go at a pace that feels accessible for you. Actively pushing each exhale out. Inhales, just reflexively follow. And when you're ready, take a long conscious breath in through the nose. Maybe pausing a moment at the top and then just Naturally letting the exhale go. No force, no effort. Allow yourself a few breaths here. Just letting your breathing slow down a little. And then when you're ready, we'll move into a second round. So actively pushing each exhale out. And just finding this rhythm of drawing the abdomen in. Inhales just softly follow. Most of the folk, letting the conscious effort be on the pushing of the exhales. taking a consciously long breath in. Maybe pausing for a moment at the top and just naturally letting it go. Take a few slow cycles of breath here. setting up for our final round. If you feel like going a little faster here, please feel free as you begin to forcibly exhale, drawing the abdomen actively in and just finding a comfortable rhythm of consciously pushing each exhale out. Maybe pausing at the top and slowly exhaling. And allowing yourself a few slow cycles of breath. Allowing the effects of your Kabbalah Bhakti to settle. Maybe take a moment just to notice how you feel. Bit more energized or a little bit more awake. It's not uncommon to sometimes feel a little lightheaded after Kabbalah Bhatti. This is because Kabbalah Bhatti can actually lower the amount of oxygen our body absorbs temporarily. Nothing to be concerned about, but it can just sometimes lead to a little floatiness. if you found this technique useful it can always be a nice one to turn to any morning or any time of day you just need that little pick me up so thank you very much for listening and happy breathing